Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and as always, I am so very grateful to you for joining me here today. It is actually our last podcast of season one. Our team has a planned break over the summer and we'll be back with season two in September. So I've been praying, asking the Lord to show me what he wanted me to share with you today. And as I've been praying the last couple weeks about today's podcast, I had a dream the other night. And at first, the dream seemed very strange, even a little bit creepy, if I'm being honest. But I prayed over the dream, and I really feel like the Lord showed me what he wants me to talk about today through the dream. So let me start by sharing with you. The other night, my husband and I were actually in the city. We were staying in a hotel. We were escaping the brutal 110-degree weather here at home. And I had a dream, and it was very, very vivid. It was in the exact hotel room that we were staying, so it seemed very real. And in my dream, I woke up, and I was completely blind. I couldn't see. Everything was black. I could not open my eyes. I could not see, and I was panicking. Somehow, I found my way into the bathroom, and I was looking in the mirror, and I had no eyes. I had skin over my face where my eyes should be, and I was unable to see, and I was panicking, and then I woke up. So as I prayed over my dream, I realized, okay, that doesn't really make sense. How was I seeing myself in the mirror in the bathroom if I had no eyes? And as I prayed, the Holy Spirit said to me, you can still see without your physical eyes. And the verse that he brought to me immediately was Ephesians 1.18. So I want to read Ephesians 1.18, and then I want to share with you what God has put on my heart, not just for you today, but it's also something that I share almost without exception when I pray with my clients in the counseling office. Ephesians 1.18 says this, I pray that the eyes of your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So before we jump into the details of this verse, I want to back out and I want to talk about the bigger picture of Ephesians chapter 1. So first of all, Paul is writing this under house arrest in Rome in AD 60, somewhere between AD 60 and 62. And so he is a prisoner. And the whole point of Ephesians chapter one is he is writing to the faithful church at Ephesus. These are people who are following Jesus Christ fervently, passionately, and with all of their hearts. These are spirit-filled believers. And he starts in verses one through 14 by reminding them that God has a plan. And I really encourage you to read Ephesians chapter one, all of it, because it's going to help you to really appreciate what we're looking at specifically today in verse 18. But just as a quick summary, verses one through 14 are Paul's words that are so beautiful, so poetic. And he's saying, before you were even created, God chose you. He chose you in advance. He adopted you. He bought you, purchased you. 
and your freedom with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And now he's given you all wisdom and all understanding. Everything is under the authority of Christ. Everything is going to work out according to his plan. And you have a guarantee that you are part of his plan, part of his promised inheritance, because now you have God's spirit living inside of you. So Paul's basically saying, You have everything you could ever need. You are part of the plan and it is guaranteed through the Holy Spirit who now resides inside of you. So he's writing this to the faithful and in verse 18, he is saying, I pray that your eyes will be opened. He's saying, I pray that the center of you, the core of your being, the part of you that makes you who you are will be fully illuminated with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can understand. And I always think it's really interesting that he's praying this for the faithful believers at the church at Ephesus. He's not saying so that you can continue to understand. He's inferring that they don't yet understand. Understand what? Everything that has been promised to them in verses 1 through 14. So I encourage you again, go back after this podcast, read Ephesians 1 verses 1 through 14 and ask the Holy Spirit with me that your heart would be flooded with light so that you and I can begin to understand everything that has been promised to us. So before I go any further in this verse, I want to pull out what it's saying here, that your heart will be flooded with light. This reminds me of Luke, and in Luke eleven thirty six, it says this, if you are filled with light with no dark corners, your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. So this floodlight of Luke eleven thirty six is what the Apostle Paul is painting a picture of here with your physical eyes closed. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your spiritual eyes to fully illuminate you so that you can begin to understand. So now we continue with the verse, continue to understand what? The confident hope that he has given to those he called. So this word hope here is a cherished desire along with confident assurance of attaining all that we have been promised. This is a divine guarantee. This is a confident expectation. I know who he is. I know what my father has promised. I know what Jesus has done, what he's already accomplished, what he's already fulfilled. I am sure that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I know who he is. I know what he has done. I know what he has promised. Therefore, I have hope. So we continue on in verse 18. He says, this hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So the promise is not based on who we are how we're performing, what we're doing. Notice this entire verse is saying you can have a confident hope and assurance because of who he is and because of what he's done. I counted here in this verse how many times the word he or his is mentioned. We've got the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So it's all about him. 
our confidence, our hope needs to be in who he is. And we cannot operate in that confident hope and assurance if our eyes are on ourselves. Last week with Crystal, I talked about eternal investments, just investing in what is going to last forever in God's kingdom, in his promises, in our relationship with him. And this message is an extension of that. If I am focused on myself, if I am focused on what I bring to the table, how I perform or I don't perform, I won't be able to operate in the confident expectation and assurance of who he is. So I believe going back to my dream, what the Holy Spirit was showing me is Carrie, don't forget that your physical eyes are not how you see. You see with your spiritual eyes, close your physical eyes and go back to this verse. Remember to pray as Paul prayed for the faithful at the church at Ephesus. God, today I'm asking you to flood me with your light. I don't understand. If the faithful at the church in Ephesus didn't understand, I need to be humble enough to say, I don't understand yet either. I need to understand. I need to have confident hope. I need to know that I know that I know who you are, what you've done, what you've promised. And it's in that context that I find my identity. We are in a culture that is having a collective identity crisis. We don't know who we are by focusing on ourselves. We find the truth, the reality of who we are as God's children by getting to know him, by asking him to get our super smart brains, our physical eyes out of the way and saying, Holy Spirit, I need you to reveal to me who you are, who the Father is, who Jesus is to me, how his promises might be made manifest in my life. Because as I know who he is, I will come to know who I am and who he created me to be. So one of the things that really jumps out to me, kind of broadening out to the context of this verse again, if you will, like I've asked you to twice already, read verses 1 through 14 of Ephesians 1, you'll notice that after all the promises and all of the proclamations of what he's already done, what he's already accomplished, it says in verse 14, he did all of this so that we would praise and glorify him. And I believe that so many times you and I as children of God, as men and women who profess to be filled with the Holy Spirit and desire to follow him, I believe that we get so tripped up in this life because we have well-intentioned plans. And when those plans don't go as we think they should, when we're not able to accomplish what we want to accomplish, we get discouraged, we get distracted, we get defeated. And we need to go back to the simple reminder this summer that it's God's plan being fulfilled for his 
pleasure. If you go back to verse 5 of this chapter, it says God decided in advance to adopt us into his family, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. It goes on to further expound on the plan, and that is what Paul is saying here in verse 18. He wants our eyes, our hearts, our entire beings to be flooded with light, with our physical eyes closed, he's praying would your spiritual eyes be open so that you can begin to understand you already have everything that you need and God's plan not your plan is being accomplished even when you can't see it with your physical eyes if you ask him to open your spiritual eyes he will show you that his will his plan for his pleasure is being accomplished through your life. And what this does is it gives us the gift of peace. When I can put aside my agenda, my plan, if I can say, you know what, Lord, today I'm going to choose to shut my physical eyes. That is not the reality that matters. I'm going to close my physical eyes in prayer. I'm going to ask you to flood me with light. I'm going to ask you to show me how your plan is being accomplished through my life. I can't see it right now, Lord. I don't feel it right now, but you have promised me that you are working. And this verse tells me that I'm to have a confident hope not because of who I am, not because of how I feel, not because of what my circumstances dictate, but because of who you are. And as I come to know who you are, I can see that it's your plan, your pleasure that matters. And that is what I want. So let me also read the verses right before verse 18 and the verse directly after. Let's sandwich this now and let's unpack this a little bit more. So our verse of the week is 18, but let me read now 15 through 17. And then I'm also going to read 19 and 20 directly following it. Paul says in verse 15, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly asking God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. So what he's saying is your spiritual wisdom and insight grow in applying our verse of the week, our eyes being open, being flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit. It is there positioning ourselves to say with my physical eyes closed, open my spiritual eyes, help me to see outside of this very temporary, tangible realm, everything that matters. Paul is saying in the context of your heart, your eyes, your being, the core of who you are being flooded with light. That is where spiritual wisdom and insight grow. And then he continues on in verse 19. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. We've already gone there. 
Malina and I, several weeks ago, we were in Romans 8, 11 together. This is exactly what we were talking about. You are filled with the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. There is nothing that he cannot accomplish through you. But this summer, my prayer for all of us is that we would pause our plans. Just pause and say, God, I have an agenda. I have a plan. I have a purpose today that I want to accomplish. But I recognize that if I don't set that aside, it's a recipe for disappointment, for distraction, for being discouraged and disheartened. God, I want to live in your plan for your pleasure. So I surrender everything that I want to accomplish today, this week, this month, this summer. I choose to start my day today and this summer every day by closing my physical eyes and saying, Holy Spirit, Flood me with that floodlight that you talk about in Luke eleven thirty six. I pray, Father God, Ephesians 1, 18, that the eyes of my heart would be flooded with your light. I want to begin to understand the confident hope that you have given to me. You called me. You called me, Father. I didn't run after you. You came to me. You chose me. You adopted me. I am safe in your love and let that be what I focus on today. Not my plan, not what I can do, not what I can accomplish for you, but let my focus be what you've already accomplished for me. You call me your holy son, your holy daughter. I have now become your rich and glorious inheritance. And the only way that could be is if you see a plan that you want to accomplish through me. You call me in Ephesians 1.18, your rich and glorious inheritance. This isn't even talking about the inheritance that is mine because of Jesus. Here, Father, you're calling me your glorious inheritance, which means you want to do something through my life that I can't even fathom. And all that you require of me is that I get out of the way, that I humbly submit to you, saying, Father, close my physical eyes in prayer, that I would allow you to flood me with your light so that I can begin to understand all that you have promised, the confident hope, the rich inheritance that you have promised I am to you, and Focus on the incredible greatness of your power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, alive inside of me, which is the guarantee of everything that you have promised me. Dear one, I pray that we would all focus this summer on what he has done, focusing on him, his plan, his pleasure through our lives instead of what we want to accomplish Surrendering our plan, our will, our agenda for his promise to give us this confident hope and to, through our lives, fulfill the glorious inheritance that he intends us to be for his kingdom. We don't yet understand. Like the church at Ephesus, we need to humbly say, we don't quite yet get it, Father. We need you to illuminate us through the ministry of your Holy Spirit so that we can begin to understand all that you have promised to us. And I pray that we would be men and women 
that don't look at ourselves, but focus so that we can operate in the confident expectation, looking at him, focusing on who he is confidently and with assurance that he will fulfill everything that he has promised. This is my prayer for all of us this summer. I am asking you again, go back and read all of Ephesians chapter one, ask him to flood you with light. And I cannot wait to see you back here in September for season two of this one thing. Father God, I thank you for the power of your word in Ephesians chapter one. May we be men and women with eyes wide open spiritually. Lord, I thank you for that dream that you allowed me to have. I didn't understand it at first, but I could see, I didn't even have eyes physically in my dream, but I could see what a reminder, Father God, that our true sight is through the power of your spirit, not our physical eyes. I pray that we would be men and women that would learn to see through the eyes of your spirit, that we would allow you to flood us with your light, that we would rely more on your spirit seeing and understanding the confident hope that you have given to us the fact that we are your rich and glorious inheritance and the truth once again that you are the same power that raised jesus christ from the dead alive inside of us there is nothing that you cannot accomplish through us if we will submit and say we don't yet understand would you flood us with your light today this week and all summer until we come back here together in September. Father, light us up that we would be your light to the world. As you flood us with light, I pray that we this summer would be your floodlight to this dark and desperate world who needs you more than anything else, Father God. Let us be your light in the darkness, I pray. And it is in the strong and powerful name of Jesus, I ask all of these things. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.